This is the Man in a Room podcast. This is Man in a Room. It is a podcast. A podcast. You're listening to Man in a Room. Hello, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Man in a Room. So this is an unplanned episode. I'm going to just fly by the seat of my trousers and see how I get on because I've got these ideas that I want to talk about and I had like planned on maybe writing some notes and all that kind of thing, but it just hasn't happened. So I'm going to be here and just hope and pray that I can get through some of the stuff that I want to talk about. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the Dalai Lama. And the reason is, is because he recently released an album. And uh, you may be thinking, hang on, the Dalai Lama's released an album, a pop record. Yes, yes, he has. So the idea is very simple. They've taken some of his talks. I think he may have recorded them specifically for the album. And they've basically put some like new age music over and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, the idea is, is that you're getting the chilled out beats and the other bits and pieces of the music and then you've got the Dalai Lama um, talking and teaching people different things and it's actually really quite good because some of the things actually gets repeated throughout some of the tracks and it gets stuck in your head and then you start actually saying stuff that the Dalai Lama is actually talking about and it gets stuck in your head and it's actually pretty good because he's actually teaching you and it's sinking in because it's going through music. It's really quite good. I like it anyway. But as a Buddhist, I would say that because, you know, he's our he's our man, you know, or our person, I should say. So I was very surprised when I saw the album being reviewed on a website. I think it was The Guardian, possibly. I want to say The Guardian. It's a very Guardian thing to do. They reviewed it. And they basically was all like, well, the music's not very good, is it? Well, it's not really about the music, really. It's not really about the music. It's more about the the teachings and the, the lessons that you learn and the love that you give is equal to the love you take. No, that's the Beatles. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. That's it. I got it wrong. I'm not very good at remembering lyrics, um, especially when trying to make a joke about it. In fact, I was actually make I was going to make some jokes about some of the songs the Dalai Lama was singing. I was basically, oh, the Dalai Lama sings the songs of so and so, and I was say, oh, you know, I was gonna try and substitute the word baby with the word uh, Buddha. You see, that's the that was the joke. The plan was going to be make jokes about that, and I racked my brains and I couldn't think of anything that was funny because the word baby and Buddha don't really rhyme. It's got the, it both begins in B, and you know, it would it kind of work, but not really. I thought, well, Udda, there's not really much um, things that rhymes with it, and it didn't really work out. I, I had these elaborate plans. I said, oh, you know, I was, oh, yeah, Richard Gere, he was playing saxophone, and you know, that kind of, but I wasn't sure if people know about Richard Gere being a Buddhist, apart from seeing the on the episode of The Simpsons, you see. And uh, I thought, well, are there any other sort of famous Buddhists? Not really. Um, you know, some of the teachings might not necessarily be. Uh, that well known so I thought it's not really something I can make fun of really is it so I scrapped it and I thought I'll just talk about uh, the Guardian's review saying that it wasn't a banger that was the phrase they used it wasn't a banger for the summer Um, kind of taken away of that really but you know 
each their own, I suppose. It's a good album, I recommend it. It's called the uh, it's called Inner World by Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama. And um yeah, it didn't really work out in the end. But there we go. La di da. Um so anyway, uh there was I I've actually got quite a funny story to tell you. So the other day I was going for a bike ride. I love going for bike rides. I, I'm a cyclist. So not only am I a Buddhist, I'm a vegetarian, I'm also a cyclist. Like, I would say I'm probably the most hipster person there is that still exists. I even have the beard, I have the glasses, and I even, I've got a penchant for checkered shirts uh, and reading books in public and drinking at coffee shops and uh, all that. No, I don't do that stuff. But, um, so I was going for a bike ride. And just sort of going about my business, you know, as you as you do, getting from A to B, you know, it's so, okay, cycling along. And one of the best things about cycling is when you get to go downhill. I love going downhill because there's no effort and you get some proper speed. I'd be like, yes, go for it. Get the wind blowing through your beard and all that kind of stuff. I say that because I don't have any hair, you see, because unfortunately I am cursed with a lack of hair on my head. Uh, it's not actually a curse. I actually couldn't care less. Um, I don't think there are, I don't, I don't, there's no stigma attached in my head. It's like this. So what? I'm a baldy. So what? Anyway. Um, so I was going along and the thing was just before I got on my bike, I had moisturized my hands. Now you may be saying, saying to yourself, why are you telling me that? Well, it, you know, the reason was because when you moisturize your hands, sometimes your hands get a little bit slippery. So going down full pelt down this hill, which I'd probably say is like maybe a 35 degree angle. Maybe uh, a little bit less than that. But it was, a, it was a good angle on this this hill. I was like, oh, okay, so I need to really hold on tight to these hand- handlebars, otherwise I might slip. Because obviously the handlebars have like, this little rubber thing over them or whatever plastic there is on it. So I was like, okay, fine. So I was like, really hold on to it. And then something hit me in the face. I was like, what on earth is this? And I heard it buzzing, and it turns out a bee. A bee had hit me in the face. I was like, this is not good. Because what actually happened then, what ensued was that it got entangled in my beard. I was like, okay, great. So I've now got this bee in my beard, and I've got slippery hands. I've got to try and swat it out because it might sting my face, which I'll be honest, isn't ideal. Just ask my brother. He recently got stung on the face by a bee, and his face blew up. I don't mean like it exploded, but like he had a really massive lip. And um, the thing is, I didn't know this. Uh, that apparently my mum is also allergic to bee stings and so is my brother and I don't know if I am and this is obviously fresh in my head you see because I know uh, I must have seen it on an episode of QI but uh, to know you're allergic to bee stings you have to be stung by a bee twice because the first time apparently doesn't count the second time is when it counts and I've only been stung by a bee once and I was stung by a bee when I was very young Uh, I remember it very well um, I was walking through my nana and granddad's garden and I was just walking past this post, this like wooden post. And I put my hand on top of the post, not thinking much of it. I put my hand on the post as I was walking past and I looked down and I saw this bee attached to my hand. I was like, oh, that's a bee on my hand. And then it stung me and it really, really hurt. And I was obviously very young and it turns out that there was a bee's nest or a small bee uh, area uh, in this wooden post and uh, my granddad made very short work of it he sawed the top of this post off to make sure those bees weren't going to bother his grandkids anymore um so uh yeah 
uh, it just pops in my head. Uh, I also remember that I uh, once walked into a fence and it cut my eye open. I absolutely I piddled blood, and before I was stitched up or whatever, uh, he'd already ripped it down because he's like, "No, I'm not having that. No grandkids." And uh, it's a very sweet man. Um, R.I.P. Um, one of the sweetest people ever. So yeah. Anyway, um, that got a bit sentimental there. I don't know what happened there. Uh, but this is what happens when we go off-road. I say we when I go off-road. The royal we. Um, I never understood that. With people, you know, people have like these podcasts and they say like we this and we that. And, you know, like you're not working for Nintendo. Calm down. But yeah, um, I'm going to have a quick break because I want to have a little glass of water. I say glass, I've got one of those refillable water bottles that keeps the cold water cold for 24 hours apparently. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. It's probably like more like 12 hours and even then, you usually drank it by then. So, uh, you know, anyway, I'll be back after this very short little break and uh, hopefully I'll have more of a train of thought. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, please do not hesitate to send them to show at maninaroom.co.uk. So I've drank my bottle of water, and um, I've just remembered something I actually would like to talk about. It's actually quite weird. So I was sitting here, and uh, I was just going through those weird DVDs. I, I mentioned them in the last episode. Basically, I've got this big box of DVDs and CDs and just a bunch of random stuff that... I bought like a tenner some years ago. I never really, I went through it once and I was just flicking through it, you see. And I remember uh, there was a DVD copy of The Day to Day, which is quite funny because basically what happened was I lent my copy of The Day to Day. The Day to Day is a TV show that was the first time anyone ever saw Alan Partridge as the, his first ever televisual appearance was on The Day to Day. I love Alan Partridge, in case you're wondering. Anyway. So while I was fl- flicking through that, I thought, there's some really random stuff in here. And I saw this uh, this CD, which looked like somebody had written on it. But this is obviously the design of it. But it sparked a memory from actually quite recently. It was actually from this year. So at some point in the past, I acquired a CD soundtrack of the television show Big Brother. Now, back back in the day, back in 2000 when Big Brother first started on the UK television, there was a big splash about it, and they had like, right, we're going to cash in, we're going to make a DVD, like a, a game, that was it, there was actually a, like a PC game, which I had, so I loved Big Brother at the time, and uh, there was a board game, which was alright, there was literally anything, there was, uh, there was a CD soundtrack, and um, I actually, at some point, got this CD soundtrack. I was like, oh, cool, that's pretty good. Um, it had all music on it and stuff like that. I, I, this was actually way after the fact of Big Brother, just to clarify. It was way after whenever, and, you know, it just happened to... I must have got it from a charity shop or something like that. I don't know, but it, I ended up getting a copy of the Big Brother soundtrack, and it was cheap and all this kind of thing. I, I don't know if I got it from a charity shop. I don't know how I got it, if I'm completely honest. I don't know how it came on, into my possession. I believe it's a charity shop. But anyway, I was uh, when I was moving house, I stumbled across this CD. And I looked at it and I thought, what on earth is that on there? And I noticed there's all these, there's like a, somebody written on it in permanent marker. I was like, I don't remember doing that. It must have been on there. And I tried to make out what the words were saying. I was like, what does that say? 
That one says, uh, it like a name. It's like, oh, it says Caroline. I thought, Caroline, okay, fine. And then I thought, well, hang on a second. There wasn't a member of the uh, Big Brother 1 who was called Caroline. I thought, okay. And then I noticed that there was other names on there. And it actually turns out that this compact disc is actually a signed copy of the Big Brother soundtrack. And I have no idea how I got it. Literally, I, I was like, I don't remember seeing this. It was weird. I don't remember buying it from a charity shop, but it must have happened at some point. And at the at that time, I obviously I would have remembered owning an autographed copy of the Big Brother soundtrack. I mean, why wouldn't you? So I was like, what on earth? That's just so surreal. Just really, really odd. I was just like, well, it, obviously, it, it, you know, I, I looked at it and I, I looked up, did a little bit of research, you know, because you know when people gets autographs from certain people there's a, there's a certificate of authenticity that has to be gotten which I always thought was a bit of a cop out because this certificate of authenticity literally means nothing you have to, literally got to take the word of somebody because there's actually people who study uh, specialize in signatures of the Beatles because the way back when they didn't used to sign their own autographs so uh, because there's these so many people needed autographs and so people would pretend to sign it and all that kind of stuff and you know I don't think they go to the effort with the Big Brother one, so I'm going to take it at face value that it's definitely signed because it's other that I can't imagine an elaborate hoax. Could you imagine somebody going out there, getting a copy of the Big Brother soundtrack, and thinking oh, I want to write down the names of the people on there? Because you know, there's no end game on that. In fact, I remember they used to serialize the Big Brother TV show as well. They used to like a week one this happened, week two this happened, week three this happened. And I seem to remember the reason why they didn't release. Uh, book one year they stopped uh, releasing books actually because the people also the person who used to serialize it or whatever i say serialize they used to like write down write down wrote down all the stuff wrote a book about myra hindley and that's why like that year they didn't have one and they never did one after that i guess they didn't really sell that well i've got multiple copies of that i actually remember reading it uh, actually um which is i know it's a bit weird but you know i was really into it and all that kind of stuff in fact, I actually went through a bit of a phase of getting signatures and autographs. Now, the thing is, I've actually never met that many famous... I haven't met that many famous people in the flesh to get a signature. I've met mainly comedians, actually, um, off the top of my head. Jimmy Carr, uh, Stuart Lee, Richard Herring, and uh, that's probably it. They're the only signatures I've ever had from people. But I used to purchase autographs on eBay, which is all right. I've got the signature of Mike Myers uh, as Austin Powers. Austin Powers is... Uh, I've also met um, uh, Steve Coogan. I actually met Alan Partridge, which is one of my proudest moments. I actually queued up for hours to meet Alan Partridge. And to this day, I'm all like, I didn't meet Steve Coogan. I met Alan Partridge. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I've also got the autographs of Tenacious D. Someone took a picture of Tenacious D signing this CD. And there's like a little bracelet. So basically, like they were a lot of effort. So I know I've got Tenacious D signatures because they did like a meet and greet and a, a CD signing. I've actually got that because they took a picture of them signing it and all that kind of thing. I've also got the signatures of uh, the White Stripes. And it bugs me, that one, because they both signed in different pens, which would mean that they caught them at different times, or it's fake. Um, but I love the White Stripes, so that's fine. And um, I actually remember, uh, I think my aunt used to actually go around, not go around, she used to write to famous people and they used to get signatures it's a bit of a weird thing getting signatures isn't it uh, especially these days i mean um i know i talked about ring of star last week as well it's about not signing anything after the, the 20th of october and all that kind of thing it's, it's all come full circle isn't it 
you know. Um, but yeah, I remember there used to be like a big thing didn't on uh, children's television, at least in the great in in the Great Britain. I used to watch, I don't know, uh, Live and Kicking, and they'd be like, oh, you can win a signed copy of this, or you can win a signed copy of that, or you can get this thing that was signed by such and such, and all that kind of thing. But is that still a thing? Is that still something that is given away as competition prizes, signed things? I actually have no idea. I don't even know if even TV shows like that exist. I wouldn't imagine so. It's all about YouTubers and that kind of stuff. Actually, I want to talk about YouTube very briefly, if it's okay. Um, I've recently come across a YouTuber because my nieces and my nephew are, well, they're children. And so there are certain things that have crept into my psyche because obviously they're interested in this kind of stuff. And there's this this uh, this guy uh, called Dan TDM. Um, I literally have, I haven't got an opinion on this guy just to clarify, but they're literally they're obsessed with this guy called Dan DTM. D- I can't even, I never get it, I never get it right. And um, just to wind the wind them up, I call him Dan TDS. So ha 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 ha. Um, that's that entire story actually. That didn't go anywhere, and I apologise. But there's this other guy who has come. I've sort of it keeps creeping up and like in mentions in other people's videos. This guy called Mr Beast. He's a philanthropist, and the only the only sort of opinion of him is that he does seem to have a lot of money. He seems to splash it a lot. Other free sponsorship, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I want to give us uh, so many hundred thousand pounds or so dollars to this this streamer just to change their life. It's just, I'm I'm all right for philanthropy and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes to doing charitable acts, I don't like when people make a big deal about it. Like, oh yeah, look at me doing this great thing. It's like, are you doing it for the applause? Are you doing it for the kudos? You know that your your charitable act shouldn't really be uh, publicized by you. Your charitable acts 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 should be talked about by others not you specifically and um it just never sits right um when people do that and uh yeah well that wasn't really funny was it but there we are anyway i'm actually due to finish the episode now if that's okay i do just want to remind you to go check out my website i'm so proud of it it's now actually functioning as a website it's now doing its thing it's doing the do it's actually uh functioning it's got you know, you can email me. That's all sorted out. It's got episodes, it's got archive. I do a blog in there occasionally. I'm not going to be doing blogs a lot because it's a bit of a faff. And truly, I just don't want to. Um, but I've got the small ideas in the works as well. So that's going to be good. So don't forget to check it out. Details are coming up for that. Um, I didn't pay some bloke to do a voiceover about the website addresses to give out myself, you know. That'd be, that'd be insane. It's literally like, I don't know, doing a charitable act and talking about it yourself. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, also I just want to give a shout out to this guy I saw on YouTube I don't know what his name is but I'll give a link somewhere on my website I do plan on doing some links on there as well Um, so that'll be on there it'll probably be, don't go on there right now because it's not made but actually by the time you listen to this it might be made but just check it out Uh, just put in my address slash links Uh, this guy gave some great tips on how to get some great EQ on podcasts and that's why this sounds absolutely lovely might sound terrible, I don't know uh, but I think it sounds nice. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll link to his video and just his YouTube channel because he's actually very good. And I, I actually got a lot of value out of what he does. So, you know, share the love, as it were. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, I will uh, see you all again next week. And, um, yeah, this is weekly now. I've decided it's probably Mondays. But there we are. Anyway, I'm waffling on. I'm going to go because I'll also be here forever. So talk to you all later.
Who is the man? Where is the room? It's some guy you've never heard of in a room you've never been in. For more information, head over to maninaroom.co.uk.